What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show, and on today's show, we're going to recap and wrap up all the Week 7 Big Ten football action. Who won, who lost, who surprised you this weekend? I'll tell you who surprised me. Um, we'll talk about the uh, standings just a little bit and the rankings of my power. My power rankings is how I want to say that. Uh, we'll get into all that in just a moment. But as always, if you're listening on YouTube, please hit subscribe. And if you're on a podcast listening app, five stars would always be very much appreciated. Um, looking ahead to this week, on Wednesday, we will do another Kickstart episode. We'll look ahead to week uh, not seven. I almost said seven. We just finished week seven. What am I talking about? We'll look ahead to week eight. That'll come out on Wednesday. And as always on Fridays, it's Bet Big with B1G Wilson and Bet Big Brad. All right, let's get into this. What happened this past weekend? We're going to start with Michigan and Indiana. Indiana traveling to Michigan. This was one of the three noon games that we had this past weekend. I said on last week's shows that this was going to be a slaughter, and it was, but it's not how the game started. In the first quarter, Indiana fans had to be feeling themselves just a little bit. Uh, they were the first ones to score in this game. It was Jalen Lucas, who I was really high on going into this season. Hasn't had the big season that I was kind of expecting out of him, especially rushing. He catches a touchdown reception from 44 yards out. Now, I didn't look up these stats, as I normally don't do. But uh, Michigan has not, at least it's felt like, Michigan has not been giving up these big plays very often. So it was kind of surprising to see not only Indiana score at all, but score first and score in the fashion that they did, which was a uh, big passing play. But after that, man, it was all the Wolverines. Like, no Indiana uh, life after that first touchdown. 52 unanswered points. That was the final score, 52-7. to seven. Um not really much to say, just a really another dominant performance by Michigan. It just seems like, uh, you know, there's a lot of chatter on Twitter and the social media and everything that Michigan hasn't played anybody. And I understand that, but they have played what three big 10 teams now, and they've been handling them like majorly Minnesota, Indiana, major handle, uh, Rutgers majorly handled them. Um, I'm expecting not to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm expecting next week to be much of the same at Michigan State. So a um, couple stats for you, though. J.J. McCarthy, 222 yards passing, three touchdowns. Blake Corum rushed for two touchdowns. And uh, Donovan Edwards finally got his first down, the, the first down, his first touchdown. The Don finally finds the end zone this year. Talk about running backs. I thought we we're going to have a bigger year, especially after all the comments he had in the preseason um, about wanting to be one of the greatest backs of all time. One touchdown after, what is this now, six games for them? Seven games for them? Um, expected a little bit more from the Don, but uh, didn't get it. Uh, nonetheless, 52-27, another, like I said, just a really convincing win for Michigan and uh, no no signs of slowing down at this point. Uh, the team that I just mentioned, they're playing next week. Michigan State traveled to Rutgers this past weekend. This was the second of the noon games and probably, uh, to be honest, the most exciting of the noon games. This was the only one that was even close. 
Um, so I, I was really locked in on this game more than any of the, uh, or either of the other two, I should say. Um, big story for Michigan State, obviously, like we talked about last week, Katen Hauser, the new quarterback, he looked great. I thought he looked really good, especially in the first half. Um, he finished with 134 yards, two touchdowns passing. He also rushed for 27 yards, had a sweet draw play. I think it was in the first or second quarter. Um, I think it was the first quarter after his first touching or his first passing touchdown. Um, really good draw play where he scored a touchdown on that as well. So three total touchdowns for him. But I want to focus on the fourth quarter because it feels like there was a whole game that was played just in the last quarter of this game. And here's how it went. Michigan State starts the quarter and Rutgers. They both started with the same score on the scoreboard. It was 24 to 12 Michigan State. Rutgers scores after Michigan State has some trouble with the snap. The snap goes through Oshag Hennessy's hands and bounces into the end zone. Bunch of Rutgers defenders run. There was like three guys on top of the ball, like one Michigan State guy back there. I think it was the punter. It had to have been. Um, and that's how they got their first touchdown of the quarter. That pulled them up to, what would that have been? Uh, that actually got them to 12. I'm sorry. The quarter started, it was 24 to 6. Then they got that touchdown. That made it 24 to 12. They tacked on the extra point, 24 to 13. Stay with me on this. I messed up on my notes, but that's okay. I think the quarter started like that. I'm pretty sure it was 24 to 6 start the quarter. I'm almost positive. I was watching this game very closely. If you can't tell. Um, after that, obviously, Rutgers has to kick off to Michigan State. They get a stop. Rutgers gets the ball back. They come down and score again and get the two-point conversion. That put them within three. At that point, it was 24-21. to 21. This is all in the fourth quarter. Rutgers kicks off again. Another stop. They get the ball. There's about eight minutes left. They come right down and score with like seven to go. Kyle Menungai, long touchdown. It was a beautiful run by Kyle. Long touchdown run from him. Can't remember how many yards it is. Didn't write it down. Um, but there's still seven minutes left in this game. So they kick off to Michigan State once again. And the theme of the, four, of the fourth quarter for the Spartans, can't get a first down, can't score. They have to punt again. Again. Rutgers gets the ball back and kills the entire rest of the clock. They killed seven minutes and 14 seconds off the clock in that final drive um, and secured the 27-24 to 24 victory. There was one other thing that I wanted to bring up. I forgot to write this down. I don't know why, because it was really, it was really shocking to me. Um, I was looking at the Michigan State drives in the fourth quarter, and the <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing because... They had such a big lead. Like I said, it was 24 to 6 going into the fourth quarter. And their last drives in the fourth quarter, they only show two of them on the box score that I pull up, but it was three plays for one yard and then the punt. Another three plays for three yards and a punt. And then obviously they had the one where it was uh six plays and then minus 20 yards on them on the fumbled snap. So just not good offense after they started out so good. It looked like Hauser was going to be the guy. Uh, you know, I'm texting people Hauser for Heisman at this point. Like, he started off his first drive was a passing touchdown. First drive for Michigan State. I tweeted that, actually, Hauser for Heisman. First drive in as the starting quarterback. Drives him right down, gets the passing touchdown. 
Soon after that, he had that draw play for the rushing touchdown. He tacks on another passing touchdown. Just felt like they were kind of clicking. But then it was, like I said, all Rutgers. Uh, some would say they kept chopping in the fourth quarter. You know, this was actually, you know, it's funny. This was the battle of the two teams that have both been using that term. I, I remember talking about that uh, during the preseason um, with both Rutgers and Michigan State using the term keep chopping. It looks like Rutgers was chopping a little bit harder in the fourth quarter. They get the win. Um, good for them. Good win for them. I mean, being down that far in the fourth quarter at home, a ruckus, ruckus Rutgers environment. I think people were listening on Friday because they were there. I mean, there was upwards of, uh, you know, 6,000 people in the crowd, I would say. Uh, just a crazy environment for Rutgers. Um, and then an awesome comeback for them. So good win for them. All right. The last noon game. Not much to talk about in this one. It was all Ohio State. Ohio State beat Purdue 41-2-7. Breaking news. I I hate to be the one to break this to everyone. Ohio State is really freaking good. They're really good. Kyle McCord has, um, I think, for all the uh, negative attention that he got at the beginning of the year where it kind of looked like, I'll I'll be honest, I was a little guilty of this. Kind of got piled on a little bit after like not beating Indiana by a lot, not looking super impressive in the Notre Dame game. Dude, he looked good on Saturday. He looked really, really good. 276 passing yards, three touchdowns uh, passing for uh, Kyle. And then uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I can't go a podcast without mentioning this guy. He's He's got to be my favorite wide receiver in the Big Ten at this point. Um, he goes for over 100 yards. I think it was 106. He has a touchdown now. He has five receiving touchdowns on the year. I think that's good for second place. In fact, I know it's good for second place in the Big Ten for receiving touchdowns. Here's what Purdue did, though, in case you were looking for the Purdue coverage. Uh, Three missed field goals, um, seven punts, and then the late touchdown. uh, I say late. It was was really deep into the third quarter. Game was already in hand. The only reason to watch this game at the tail end was to see if the over was going to hit because it was... (laughs) We bet the over-under at 50 and a half, and it was sitting on uh, 48 right there where it was 41 to 7 almost the entire fourth quarter. Um, So that was really fun to watch just to see if anyone was going to score. I had the under, so I was hoping for defense, and I got it. So I was pretty excited about that. But um, other than that, like I said, just all Ohio State, um, really overwhelming them defensively. And uh, like I said, on offense, McCord just looked awesome. Marvin Harrison looked awesome. Didn't really matter that who, which running back was playing. In fact, I'm not even positive which one was going. All right, let's let's jump into these afternoon games. Uh, a couple of surprising ones, for me at least, in the afternoon. And this one has to be the most surprising. Illinois, Maryland. I'll save the final score for the end because I want to tell you what happened first. Here's what was really surprising to me first, though, before I get into what happened in the game. Maryland was not able to score as easily on the 12th-ranked Big Ten defense as I thought that they would. They just couldn't. I I thought they would score more. Okay. And again, I don't want to give away the final score. We'll save it for the end. Um, Altmeyer threw an interception in the first quarter, but he was able to bounce back. That was my second really surprising bullet point. And then uh, I guess I have to give it away at this point. Illinois won the game. That was was my third surprising uh, bullet point that I wrote down. 27 to 24. Um, they got the early touchdown. It felt like the Michigan Indiana game though, because it felt like Maryland was the better team going into this. 
So Illinois got the little touchdown. We're like, okay, yeah, it's just Illinois. They're, and they're still not going to win. But then Maryland tied it up real quick, 7-7. Maryland takes the lead. They go up 14-7. Illinois, stick it around. They score another touchdown, tied up before halftime. We go to the second half. Start the second half the same way we started the first half. Illinois scores. Maryland scores. Actually, Illinois took a 10-point lead because they scored and then hit a field goal. So they're up 10. Maryland comes back and scores again. Um, then Maryland kicks a field goal. It's tied. Uh, Illinois gets the ball with a minute 31 left. They drive 50 yards in a minute. And I'll say, so they got it with 131. So it took them about a minute and 27 seconds because I believe they kicked the game-winning field goal with four seconds left on the clock um, as time expired and got the 27-24 to 24 victory. Uh, Brett Bielema cheesing after the game. He was very happy, and he, you know what? He deserves it. He deserves to be happy. It's been a rough season for Brett, so I'm happy for him. I'm glad they got the win. Um, I just, I still don't think that they're. The, I don't know why, because I was really up on Maryland even as as late as uh, or as early I should say as a week ago. I thought they were going to beat Ohio State. Now, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, it's tough. I like Maryland. I've been liking them since the beginning of the year. I was kind of disappointed that they lost, but I'm happy for Illinois, like I said. Caden uh, Fagan, a name that I had not heard before uh, this weekend. 84 rushing yards. He gets a touchdown. Luke Altmeyer, like I said, passing touchdown to start the game. Um, threw a pick, but then he came back and threw another touchdown late. Tua was fine. 266, two touchdowns for him, but got the loss. Um, like I said, just kind of surprising that Illinois won this game. I really thought this was a bounce back game for the Terrapins and, um, they just got bounced again. And, uh, hopefully they will be able to bounce back next week. I guess. I don't know who they're playing. I think they might be on bye next week, actually. All right. Here's a game that I'm not going to talk anything about because, um, it was 63 to zero Penn state beats UMass. UMass is trash. I said that last week. I said, uh, we said actually, even on uh, Bet Big on Friday, that Penn State could win by as many as they wanted to. It sounds like they wanted to win by more than 60 because that's what they won by. Penn State, really good. Um, again, don't want to look too far ahead, but this week is a massive week for the Big Ten East. Penn State, Ohio State, it's the game of the week already. I don't even have to look at the other games, obviously. Um, so we're going to find out, we are going to find out what Penn state is all about. Are they just a team that, uh, beats the shit out of UMass or are they a legit contender? We're going to find out in six days from this recording or five days from whenever you're listening to this or whatever. Um, so not much else to say about that game. Uh, we'll jump right into the game of the week, which was Iowa and Wisconsin. And again, I said there was a couple games that surprised me. This one surprised me. But I refuse to be surprised anymore by Iowa. I'm putting my foot down. I said it for the last three weeks. They can't keep not scoring and not and getting outgained and still winning games. Well, gosh darn it. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. They can do it all the way to Indianapolis. Um, Iowa gets the win in Madison's. Ah, just so surprising to me. I really thought Wisconsin was gonna win this game. 15 to 6 classic Big Ten West game again from Iowa. Uh, like I said, I'm done doubting them. Um, 
highlights from this game or lowlights if you're the quarterback from Wisconsin. Tanner Mordecai seems, this is what I heard from Twitter, possibly broke his hand. Uh, I literally stepped away from this game for like three minutes. I came back and uh, was it Brendan Locke? There, it was a B Locke. I don't know his first name. Locke was playing for Wisconsin and I was like, instantly tweeted out where, where what happened to Mordecai? Where's he at? Um, and someone responded and said he might have broke his hand. Someone else said that he just got hurt. Um, let's talk about Iowa, though. It's, it's time. It's time to give them their flowers. Tory Taylor, Heisman, best player in college football. Dude controls. This sounds crazy. A puncher is controlling the game? Huh? Dude switches fields every time they punt. Big switch of field position every single time he punts. He's He is a weapon. It's not a joke anymore that he is good at football. He's actually affecting the outcome of games now um, for Iowa. And because their defense is so good, it seriously is a uh, a really a really good weapon for them. Like I said, there's no other way to say it. Um, I saw a couple people, and I tweeted about this with uh, my guy on uh, Eyes on Big podcast, uh, Jeffrey the Greek. Sebastian Castro, dude was laying wood all over the field, breaking up passes or not even breaking them up. I know there was one play where there was a screen and he just came off. He came from nowhere on the TV screen. And it seems like he was already off his feet when he entered the TV screen, making a tackle. He was just blowing people up. Uh, really good defensive back for Iowa. He also looks like he's 40 years old. Um, scary, scary. Would not want to play college football against that guy. Here's my not so surprising Iowa stats of the game. 10 punts, 10 punts. I was saying that Purdue punted seven times, and that was a lot. They punted 10 and won the game. 10 punts. Uh, two field goals. And then the uh, long touchdown from, I don't remember how many yards it was, but LaShawn Williams with the long touchdown ended up being the game winner. I mean, that touchdown run was enough points to win the game because they held Wisconsin to six points. The, the Dairy Raid offense was held to six points at their crib by the Iowa Hawkeye defense. It's really impressive what their defense is doing. It really is. Um, it's time to just wrap it up, I think, though, for the Big Ten West. I know that we like the chaos in the Big Ten West. I tweeted about this, too. We love the chaos. We love when uh, Northwestern upsets Minnesota and shakes up the standings. We love when Wisconsin and Iowa play these really low-scoring games. We love that, don't we? Don't we love the chaos of the Big Ten West? Making fun of it. Oh, my God. Uh, Sickos committee games. You know, this is so crazy. Don't we love that? Uh, we do. But it's over. Wisconsin uh, losing that game. They now do not have the tiebreaker against Iowa. And here's Iowa's remaining schedule. Minnesota, that's a win. Northwestern, that's a win. Uh, Iowa is not going to lose to a team that makes mistakes. And both of those teams make quite a few of mistakes. Rutgers, I think they're going to win that. Um, like I said, Rutgers is improved, but I think they're going to win that. Illinois shocked me a little bit this weekend, but I think they come back down to earth. Where's that game? I should have looked up where that game was. Here it is. I have it pulled up still. Sorry, I got really close to the microphone right there. All right, it's at Illinois. I don't know if that matters. I don't know. I don't know. Iowa travels. Can you tell me that Illinois is better than Wisconsin? Can you? Can you do that? Because they just beat Wisconsin on the road. 
So if you're Illinois, are you saying, well, it's at home for us. We're going to beat Iowa. It's at home. That's what Wisconsin thought. Whoops. And then uh, really the only game that, I, honestly, I'm looking at their schedule. The Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, Illinois game is at, because I'm on Iowa's schedule. That's at Iowa. Yeah, that's a loss. Um, the last game that they have, though, is the one that I don't I think is the only one that they could possibly lose. And I don't think they're going to lose this either. But it's at Nebraska. I think that Iowa is going to be 11 and 1. Look at their schedule. Who's beating them? I don't care that Deacon Hill is the quarterback. I do not care. I'm on Iowa. They were already my team from the West in the preseason. I thought they were going to win 10 games. I think it's 11. I might have been wrong on the the low side there. I think it might be 11. I'm all the way up on Iowa now. That being said, um, they did not move up that far in my power rankings. Here they are. Let me see if I can get on screen here. I'll lean over to the to the left. Um, week 7 power rankings. I still have the beast from the east at the top. It's Michigan. It's Ohio State. It's Penn State. Until proven otherwise. It's going to have to get shooken up a little bit starting next week. We talked about Ohio. Maybe not, though. If Ohio... <coughs> oh, my gosh. I almost died getting excited talking about this game um if ohio state wins the game and uh it's close do you move penn state down the power rankings from number three any further i don't know i think i think they have to get blown out for them to move off that three spot or or if penn state wins i think it's it's got to be a close game right if penn state wins do you move ohio state any lower than three i don't think you can I really don't think you can. I have Iowa, the winners of the West, at number four. I have the runners-up of the West at number five. Rutgers at number six. Maryland drops all the way down to number seven. Can't lose to Illinois at home. You just can't. You got to get dropped for that one. Northwestern uh, and Minnesota both idle this week or on a bye, however you want to say it. Um, They stay right where they were. They're at eight and nine. Nebraska at ten. They, were they on a bye, too? Were those the three bye teams? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Eight, nine, and ten all on a bye, and they uh, stay in their spots. Illinois jumps up a spot to 11, and Purdue is at 12. Michigan State, I put them uh, – I tweeted about this. I like to flip Michigan State and Indiana at the bottom every once in a while just to see their own fans getting upset that they're not <laughs> ranked last. I'm serious, man. I'll put Ohio or I'll put Ohio State. I'll put Michigan State at uh 13 and they'll be like, oh no, 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 no. That's too high. That's too high. But if I do the same thing, if I put Indiana at 13, then their fans say the same thing. There's no one worse than us. No one worse than us. All right. Anyways, that was the week seven wrapped episode. Like I said, come back on Wednesday. We'll kickstart week eight, and we'll be back on Fridays as always with Bet Big. Appreciate y'all listening. Um, We'll see you guys on Wednesday. We'll see you guys in the...